river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 102. Voice of the Editor here. This episode is almost entirely army combat and nothing else from start to finish. If you're not interested in that sort of thing, feel free to just skip straight on to the next episode. So, when last we left our Caitlin, uh, Mivon have given you 200 bill points in exchange for a strip of your western East, no, easternmost um, land. The Corridor of Thorns. Uh, which Denise Thunderhoof voted yay on. Yeah, as the, the sole voice of the centaurs, she speaks for them. The centaurs are um, completely uh, t- completely prepared to take one for the team here. Um, you exposed Quintessa Moray. God, it was a busy session. You exposed Quintessa Moray as a Dagmark assassin, assassin, and she promptly left because she'd been exposed as a Dagmark assassin. Stand, standing orders, exposed, exit. And um, the um, Tristram um, is upset. Yep. Which is very understandable. If I ever tell your brother it wasn't a lie. <sighs> and. Um, you know, he was brooding, but then we got distracted from brooding because... Because of the big news, uh, Timon Marrakis from Dagobah showed up to offer you the services of Eugenio Varadu as a general. And then... And then, uh, Vorkai's tomb fell in on itself, opening a small portal into the outer dark. Uh, Titania interrupted the middle of your meeting to b- request your leave to to bring peace to your lands as was necessary, and then basically massively overgrew the whole region with jungle. And Vortica's tomb is just gone at this point. Yep. It has been... Like, the stone has basically been torn apart by the force of vines and trees growing through it at high speed. Presumably all the underneath bits are now buried and torn up as well. Kaelin is not sorry for the loss, and I think if, um... Christopher Rossi is prepared to concede that some things once buried should not be unburied. We can all get behind that as a as a unit. I saw the deadlines. And um it is um and Kaelin has made it back Kaelin and Tristram have made it back to Elksris. Yep. And um 
had a brief conversation with Tim on Maracas where I apologised for leaving in a hurry. Yeah. And um, we now have to, cons- assuming nothing else has happened in my absence, we now have to consider the Eugenia Varadkar question. Correct. Which you can, you know, process on your own, talk to your council about. And I, I, I will talk to the council about. I don't necessarily, um, basically what Caelan wants to do it. Yeah. Um, because um, the things that she'd find out aren't things that he's yeah. particularly concerned about having a secret. I think it's pretty much obvious catch is obvious that yeah. she's going to spy on all your military movements for Dagomark's benefit. Um, on the other hand, she's presumably also actually going to do the job of being a general. Yeah, and um, we need generals, and she's a really good one. I really like her. And, um, you know... Evidence would suggest that Dagomark are going to be spying on us. You know, uh, allowing them a bit of an avenue for it may um, mitigate the amount that they feel the need to plant someone else that we can't see coming on us. After all, you know, if Stagform threatens people, it's by our armies. We really don't have a traditional assassin culture. You know, if you know what our armies are doing, you know what bits that we're doing that could conceivably threaten Dagomark. So basically what I'm looking for is, obviously this is a bit awkward with recent events. Yeah. Um, do the count, does anyone on the council have a particularly strong problem with it? No, basically um, they will make obviously no one thing, obviously no one. Yeah. Um, but broadly speaking, everyone pretty much understands where you're coming from, and yeah, yeah, we, just, we don't have a lot of good generals at this point. Yep. At which point... Um, Kaelin is completely prepared to hire Eugenia Veridou. Cool. Right. So, she will come in, little old lady sort of tottering in on her little walking stick. You know, on the other hand, she does have a great axe over her back. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. So, in, smiles up at you and says, King Thorn, lovely to see you again. Likewise. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, her grip when you shake your hand is not actually super strong, but what you've seen is she's basically a spell casting. Um, she's got some kind of Hulk. Of she's, she's got some kind of Hulk upgrade. Yes. Yeah. Tenses transformation y type things. Yeah. Uh, we um, very much appreciate you being prepared to come up here and do this. We've got a bit of a nasty war going on, and um, one of my main generals having been. Um, uh, abducted and um, Pytex won't ransom him back which is very understandable because you know I was planning to use him to attack them again but um, we are a bit short handed Clockwork uh, King is no fool and the um, centaurs have this kind of war th- thing which means the needs on my council which means I can't use her as a general so we're um, definitely a bit short handed in the general department well Show me what's take take me to your tactics room then. Show me what's going on. Tell me where you need me, and she will get like a broad info dump on what the state of the war is. Yeah, um, and then it is entirely up to you because she's pretty much under your direction. What you, what army you want to attach her to? Yep. So um, At present, I would like to give her the event, the Avenging Bowman. Yep. 
Um, they are brand new force. Yep. They have no particular general. Yep. In fact, I'm going to say, given the story purposes for this, they have no general at all because they were literally just founded. Yes. So rather than giving them a bob, yeah. they have no bob. Yeah, you have been considering officers. Because, uh, um, among other things, they don't have any weapons, not even bows, because I, I ran out of money. So yep. next turn, with my 200 build points, I'm going to buy them some bows. And, you know, quite frankly, a few other things, because 200 is a lot of build points. Um, but basically, the theory being, this was always intended to be Keston's army. Yeah. Um, when we recover Keston, I'm going to want to put him back in command of that one. Yeah. At which point, there is a broad range of other armies that um, I would like yeah. her to take yeah. one of. I mean, but, um, not she... that worried about the future, because, to be honest, at the point when you get Keston back, you have probably won the war, at which point you no longer want her services as an active... Well, um, I'll want her services for as long as she's prepared to give them, but yeah. um, I'm, I will say to her that I expect a decent chunk of notice yeah. if Dagger Mark want her back, yeah. but that I completely understand that, you know... It, it has been um, very much made clear to you by Representative Maracas that this is pretty much a limited time deal. Yeah. You are not just getting her permanently. Sweet. Well, that works for me. If she wants to stay on once we've beaten Pytax then we have plenty of other armies which also need generals. Because it's, it's Dagamark is quote-unquote under strained finances and can't afford to pay the, the general of their army, their non-existent armies anymore. So she's going to seek employment elsewhere. But, you know, as soon as they want her back again, or, yep. or as soon as your need for her runs out, their straightened financial circumstances will miraculously reverse themselves. Because the conception here is Dagamark not put... Not um, providing me with military aid against Pytax and taking side in the Co- Correct. They're um, quite it, definitely not doing that. You are employing her as a free range mercenary. Yeah, I mean, Eugenia Veradu is coincidentally unemployed yeah. and has happened as a free citizen to take a, a employment with me. Dagamark is in no way taking sides and no one should attack them. It's still for us, for it? it is still for us. All of this has been for us. But that's my um, that's one of my two more likely to be offensive armies, so yep. it's a better use for her talents than any of the defensive ones. So, um, what's her charisma modifier? Plus four. Oh yes. But she doesn't seem to piss around with any material components of books or any of that sort of thing. She is a sorceress. Wait, Elvish knight. Alright, so botched up on the morale there, but that's okay because they ever, they start with a plus one as a brand new army with my yep academy military academy, academy or at, at which point they, I have in fact got the morale right, albeit only because we've now got a great ship. Excellent. I couldn't be happier. So it's for Ast, isn't it? It is for Ast. On that, cool. Um, so the very last thing. That's right, and I've got Queen Vestigate, so two out of my three what you might call ethnic armies have generals. So you, you sit down with her for what's basically a one-on-one for a good couple of hours and take her through all the tactics of what's happening, and Denise is probably involved in this in, at the start. Yeah. Um, and I imagine Van is heavily involved in this as her um, direct commander as the general... Ah, yes. Sorry, I was thinking of Denise as your general, but of yeah. course she's your yeah. counsellor. Yeah, she's not my counsellor, she's the Viceroy of Varnhof. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. 
taking a very general like role. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm completely okay with that. You know, it's um, it's conceivable that when I'm reshuffling the council, now that I'm missing one treasurer, I might reposition things mm. and um, have her as the general, with the general understanding that I'll reposition themselves again, again when the core of Silverfire shows back up. And then you then then you stop having a war, and their positions reverse, and suddenly a core of Silverfire is your general. Yes, but only until I then rearrange the council again. I, I don't feel like that's going to be offensive to the centaurs because it, it seems yeah. logical. I can check that with the name, but so she will. E- Eugenia will listen to all the tactics and things. Seems to understand the broader um, the broader strategy and that sort of thing. You don't get the impression that she's like Van has specifically studied military history. She is much more of an inspiring fighter commander than a, a deep tactician kind yeah. of thing. But, you know, she's old, she's seen a lot of things, she's intelligent enough. She listens to all of this, she listens to where you want to position her with the army, she'll go out with you, meet the army, talk through the, talk to their high-ranking officers, etc., etc., etc. Because the army is going to be kind of a mix, because a lot of them are going to be very new men. Yeah. But at the same time, when a, when the bowmen were destroyed, it wasn't like every individual bowman was killed. Yes. So they were just destroyed as a force, so we have a bunch of them, and we'll have moved some guys from some of our other armies to um, provide a core of experienced men, so it's not all young, green, new people. And so she has you sort of one-on-one, you're standing up in the parapets of... Uh, of um, Castle Stagdorn looking down yep. over this. Um, she's sort of discussing, you know, she's a, mix of, a mix of veterans, a mix of veterans and new recruits. We can work with this. And with your with your new arrangements with Mivon, there'll be more supplies coming for them. I, um, um, I, I don't know if I'll regret it in the long term, but in the short term, I am looking forward to um, spending all the money. The, um, among other things, the um, the bowmen have always been a primarily ranged force, and um, refounding them, we're um, looking forward to being able to buy them bows. But um, I want to get the boys um, some masterwork armor and some alchemical supplies. If we, um, they've always been my troll killers, and we'll be fighting trolls again. It's um, a lot more effective with flaming arrows than it is without. And flaming weapons too, for the alchemical fire and the like as well. Well, I'll be here. I'll be here for at least the short, at least the short haul. Mm-hmm. While the war is while the war is going on, did Maracas talk his way around the point sufficiently for you to understand it? I I, I get the gist. The um, Dagomark doesn't want to take sides, but um, I'm here till you win. She sort of shrugs slightly, or I'm here till you start losing enough. I. I wouldn't expect you to um, go all the way down with the sinking ship. Things will get ugly for me and my people if the, we don't manage to pull this one out, and the Clockwork King's a tough opponent. But no man can see his, his, his fate. I mean, a black dragon could sweep in tomorrow and take us all off the map. At, 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 at win or lose. Clockwork King is indeed a tough opponent. But if I had to put my money anywhere... Be a hard bet, but I think it'd be on you. You have a mind for subtlety and a way of dealing with people. It's very unique to you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I um, certainly hope I can take him. It's not. Um, Drelev was a tough nut to crack, despite personally being a um, 
moron and um, not a challenging opponent face to face. I was actually a little underprepared for just how underprepared he was. But uh, it's the- possible that some people are more dangerous than they appear at first. Hannah Strayliff was not one of them, I think. I, I just he ex- was less dangerous than he appeared. I just expected more. It's, uh... But, um... I think... I feel... I believe I can take him, but I don't want to take him lightly. Irvetti's a damn clever man. Probably a lot cleverer than me, although so many are. And, uh... He's, um... Got the loyalty of his people fairly well behind him. I mean... You know... Because the the ones that weren't loyal aren't there anymore but um, he's a good king as far as it goes and that makes a difference even Drelive's people Drelive still had a lot of loyal people despite um, actually doing just about everything he could to alienate him and Irvini hasn't made a lot of the same mistakes it's going to be tough I've always been very impressed by you very glad to have you on board yeah over temporarily I don't want any trouble with Dagomark so I would like to think we'll never be opposing each other, but I would mercenaries um, understand how the game's played. I would certainly hope so as well, but given the given the level of restraint you've demonstrated in dealing with Dagomark's people thus far, I think we can get, get along very well. Very well indeed. I was interested in the assignment before, after the events of the last... Uh, after the events about two weeks ago when you exposed Quintessa she says now I find myself much more attached to you Galen thank you for your dealings with my daughter you're most welcome Yeah, that, that, that wasn't going to be coming out if you hadn't already exposed her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I imagine that, you know, when Kaylin sees this back, Michaela's like... So they're inserting a second agent to look after the first one. Yeah. <laughs> but you have not horrifically murdered Quintessa, which... Vastly decreases your chances of Eugenia Varadu attempting to murder you in your dreamless sleep. Well, I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be able to blame her. And you know, it would be a bit of an obnoxious thing to do. I mean, uh, it'd be a different matter if she actually had started picking off my calculus. But um, as it is, you're the king. You can do as you please. Yeah, for a while. (laughs) That's what Hannah Strayler never really picked up on—is that that only lasts a while. Okay, and. That ends your kingdom events for Farast, and we move into the army stage of Farast. Right, okay. <laughs> because as you were sort of finishing this discussion with you, you sort of look sideways at her, and then somebody comes running up, and news from the, news from the front, Pytax is on the move. <laughs> right. So yeah, we're still not done with Farast. We are done with all the kingdom events. Okay. So yeah, didn't manage to buy them both, going no. to be a problem. On the other hand, you know, if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have a seventh army. No, I want seven. All right. So, what are Pytax up to? Okay. So, Pytaxian regiment, the big squad of um, people with clock with some clockwork golems in it, 
um, are coming up basically from the what's that the southwest from Pytax direction right so this way from the bottom of the map yep that's correct um, are coming up into the green belt from the southwest and the wyverns are headed up from Pythax Drelev Woods okay and you may begin sort of deploying your armies and moving them as you please based on that information. Okay, so those are the only two armies that are on the move? Uh, sorry, three armies. The Pytax Regiment are coming up with the Trolls. Right, okay. So the Pytax Regiment and the Trolls are both coming up. Yep, into the Green Belt. Into the the Wyvern Flight is coming up into Fort Drelev. Well, into oh. Drelev lands. Yep, alright, so... um. Nothing is approaching Varnhold at this time. Alright, so... um. I, I, I think because this warrants a cutscene, um, as Kaelin and Eugene Rivera, as the messenger comes up, you know, Kaelin looks over the reports, thoughts of where the army's coming up, hands the Eugene Rivera to and says, alright, sorry, but I'm afraid we're not going to have time to buy, uh, buy the boys the things I was talking about. We're just going to have to take these trolls the hard way. War never waits on anyone. Alright, and... Yes, I will activate some armies. Okay, so... I will activate the Fort Drelev shields. Yep. To defend Fort Drelev, that's their job. Yep. I will activate the um, Kobold defenders to um, look after... um, And indeed, I will activate all of the um, Greenbelt armies. Yep. So that's the Kobold defenders... um, the Lizard Folk Army, I haven't got them in front of me, so I um, can't pronounce their name right now. Yeah. Um, but I've got it written down. Um, the Stag Runners and the Avenging Bowmen. And do we want to do the thing again of making them little tokens and putting them on the map so we know who's where? Uh, I think that probably is worth doing. Yeah, why don't you grab a piece of paper and... So yeah, basically, you will get word that from the people you've got keeping an eye on Pytaxa and that sort of thing that basically people are moving about, supplies have been bought in, evidence suggests he is mobilising his armies, in response you start mobilising them you both have your week worth of activating armies Yep. Um, and then he begins to move and the, as I say the wyverns sort of start heading north-ish the trolls and Vitex regiments start heading south, southeast, uh, northeastish. Yep. Um. So, based on that, do you wish to move or do anything with your people? Okay. So, um, I want to move the stag runners down. Mm-hmm. Um. And um. I want to move the Hooves of Thunder this way, and then I want to, um, as a starting action, I, I can't remember how we do this, I move and then he moves thing. Do I take, like, a, a week's worth of movement, and I take a couple of days, and he takes a couple of days? Um, do you remember what we did at all? Because um, I, rem- I remember we moved, because we worked out the movement speeds, and I said where I wanted to go and yep. stuff. And I think while I was doing that, you started moving tokens on the map yeah. for what his ar- as his armies cross the border and start moving. Yeah, because your speed is basically each army's speed is how far they go in a day. Yeah. 
And if you have roads, you can functionally double that as long as they're following the roads. So, um, I move my guys one day's worth and then he Pretty acts. Much. Sweet, okay. Because so, army combats happen one day at a time. Yeah, so let's do that. So, the Hooves of Thunder, um... have a speed of three. Mm-hmm. So, um... They go one, two, and then they're on a road, mm-hmm. which makes them faster. Um, what's the doubles their speed? Cool. Um, and so three. Mm-hmm. So they make it most of the way out of Varnhold. Yep. Um, the stag runners have a speed of uh, two, so they go one. Two and um, make it to Elk's Rest. Yep. And um, the other armies stay where they are because they're all defending population centres and I'm waiting to see where he goes. Okay, so... On the... After basically the first day's movements, neither of his guys have left the, left the map, but they pretty much are moving towards the ed- those the edges of those places. Cool. And then we go back to you again. Cool. So at that point, the Hooves of Thunder go one, two, three. Yep. And uh, actually, no, they, that's not where they want to go. They want to go down to help the other guys. All right, so, so they were here. So one... No, it's fast to go by road. Okay. One, two, three. And they are moving uh, uh, nearly down around Elk's Rest, planning mm-hmm. to then duck with the road south. The next day, things begin to show up on your map. Yep. So, the... Pytaxian Regiment and the Trolls are still just off map down here. Okay. Um, the Wyverns, on the other hand, end up here. Because they're fast. Yeah. Yep. Day three. Okay, so um, the Hooves of Thunder go one, two, and arrive in Lakeview. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does anyone else need to move? Not at the moment. Mm-hmm. Tick, tick. There comes the trolls and the taxi and Why don't go to here? Um, at which point... You get word that the Wyverns are not flying into Fort Dreadlev. Um, they have stopped at your farm hex and are attacking it. Ah, yes. Um, at which point they accomplish nothing before the next turn happens, functionally. But there, there are Wyverns flying over your farms, attacking the people of Fort Dreadlev that they can find. Uh, the wyverns are not burning things down because they don't have burning uh, draconic breath weapons, 
but they're basically ripping up buildings, shredding the farms, destroying the improvement that you have built there, effectively. And then it becomes day four, at which point, if you don't engage them, they will basically deal an automatic amount of damage to it. So giving you the meta for how this works, they deal an automatic amount of damage to it. If they deal enough to it, then the farm hex functionally ceases to exist. Your farm is destroyed by them. You need to rebuild it in its entirety. Of course, going out to fight them means you lose all of Fort Drelev's defensive bonuses. Yes, which is... Which is not um, unintentional on their part. Yeah, yeah, because they would be retarded to attack me in Fort Drelev because it has insane quantities of defensive bonuses. So you may do as you please there. Um, wrecking a farm is not going to be stunningly difficult for them. Wrecking a bunch of farms because they're, they're not... It, it, Functionally, it's about how many build points you've put into things. Like, ripping Fort Drelev to the ground would take forever, even assuming you left it completely undefended. Yeah. The farm hex, on the other hand, doesn't have all that much stuff in it. Yeah. All right. Um, and it's my turn? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, one, two, three. The um, hooves of thunder make it down to back up Murkvale in case the trolls are coming there. Yep. Um, I don't think they are. But if they are, they'll be in. Merkvale will be in serious trouble. So yep. I'm hedging my bets. Yep. Um, and the Hooves of Thunder are fast enough to catch up with a different army if the trolls are going somewhere else. Yep. Um, the Fort Drelev defenders stay in Fort Drelev. The word is passed around for the farmers to get the heck out. And yes, I'm I'm prepared at this juncture with the other armies coming in to let them destroy my to, to let them spend some time destroying my farm hex. Because the thing is, if they destroy Fort, my Fort Drelev army, then I won't have anything to protect my vast defensive bonuses. That's, that's, yeah. That's not stupid at all. Um, I, it would be different if they were, if that was the attack. At that point, I'd, se- I'd send them out to defend it and other armies up to back them out. But I need everybody where they are. I need a few bits and pieces. Sorry, I know this is complicated. You're doing just fine, sweetie. And if anybody understands turtling up in your defensive city, the people of Fort Drelev understand turtling up in your defensive city. Oh, yes. Plus, you know, these are D&D farmers. If they can't run away from wyverns, they're not going to last very long in the gene pool anyway. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's going to cost you resources. And naturally. You will lose that farm and that consumption, which is not going to be a huge big deal for you or anything. But in theory, if they burn down every farm that you want... Well, I mean, that once they finish destroying that one, they can move on to another farm hex. On the other hand, this is not a strategy that's going... In the long term, like, if the my other armies win down here, I'm going to send more armies over to rumble those wyverns. Yeah. So they're not one way or another that I'm going to be able to keep doing it in the long term. Or if they are, I'm going to have such big problems, I'm going to be very glad I still have the other out with me. Okay. So, you get reports. A herd of wyverns is not exactly subtle. I think this is about 50 wyverns, so they're just kind of ripping holes in buildings. Yeah. Um, killing anyone that they can get their claws on. Yeah. Uh, and... Have done significant damage to that farm over the course of day four, but not destroyed it yet. Yep. Uh, 
elsewhere in day four for movement, the yep. trolls and the Pythaxian regiment both move up to the hex with the keep of flowers in it. Cool. Heading north. Jinking sort of t- in towards Merkvale just enough that all your guys shoulder all the weapons and get yep. ready and get alert and then go, ah, they're going past us. Mm. Okay. And it's day four? Day four? Day five? Day five, now. Cool. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. And the Hooves of Thunder reinforce the other army and um, other armies in Elk's Rest. Yep. Because I think I know where they're going at this point. And then over in Fort Drake of the Wyverns, presuming that you're not engaging them, continue no. to wreck it, and at this point they destroy that farm hex. Okay. Duly noted. It is gone. Cool. I'll note down the consequences subsequently because, you know, we'll, sure. we'll be dealing with the aftermath. And then day six. Yep. Um, um, sorry, and the trolls continue to move for, for their part in day six? Uh, day five was they move into that hex. Okay, right, yep. And in day five, the wyverns destroy yep. the farm because they're already there. They yep. have a speed advantage. Uh, then day six. Wyverns move. The Wyverns fly slightly back yep. to the previous farm hex. Um, and the troll army stops at the Keep of Flowers and begins attacking it. Okay. Um, it was Jerabith's school. Um, that has since had a, a serious decrease in popularity, what with her death and things. I'm looking at you. Um, you're aware that's an unclaimed hex? Yes. Cool. So, but, but there is a there is the Keeper of Flowers there. Yes, yes, there is there is stuff there. I'm just checking that you know that it's not technically one of my claimed hexes. Yep. They they don't care. Okay. It, it doesn't belong... You haven't given it to anyone else, have you? It doesn't no. belong to Mivon or anything. No. Cool. Um, so basically that was where Jerabeth's School of Fine Arts, whatever the hell it was called, was. Um, it has long... It, it is still there. Yeah. Um, it has suffered a massive decrease in popularity with Jerabeth dying horribly and being exposed as a bad band Sith. Yeah. Um, there are still, you know, a, literally a handful. You could count, you, you know, you could count them without reaching a dozen artists and things there who kind of just flee before the rampaging horde of trolls without even bothering to defend themselves. Yeah. Um, so... Yep. As there are no improvements there that they need to deal with, the trolls actually move in to the Keep of Flowers. Ah! And overtake that hex, basically. Okay. And they are sitting in there now deriving the minor defensive bonuses associated with the keep. Okay. It's not like a deep a mega fortress or anything, but it is a, an actual keep that was a secure tower that exists there. Okay. Alright. And that is day six. Okay, so my turn. Uh, and the... That's right, it's the trolls and the Pytax regiment do not stop with them. Oh, okay. Where are they going? Uh, got the wrong 
RB thing here. It's supposed to be the Playtaxian Regiment, not Tusker's Raiders. They are continuing up to the Sunny Preserve. Okay. Because they don't start hitting roads there, do they? No. And that's that. Okay. So remember, this is sort of happening in the background of a bunch of other kingdom events because we're doing it a piece at a time. So we yeah. can track what the fuck's going on. So it's not All the month goes by. Then twenty days of army combat. Then the next month starts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, although um, <coughs> Kalen doesn't go adventuring in months where his country is at war. Yeah. <coughs> so what Kalen will be doing in the background is kingdom stuff and army stuff. Yep. Okay. So um, the um, so it's my turn. Yep. Okay. So the Kobold defenders stay in Alex's rest. Yep. The stag runners move two to this watchtower. Yep. And the hooves of thunder go with them. It's a nice. plus two defensive bonus. Yep. Because uh, I don't think they're coming north to attack Elk's Rest with the tip. Um, sorry, question before I do that. Yes. Are these guys dragging siege weapon siege engines? Uh, the Pytax Regiment are the ones with siege engines. Okay, so they do have siege engines. Yes. Right. The trolls do not. Okay, just hang on. Let me, let me fix this over. Because what I'm trying to work out is are they coming up to siege one of my kingdom hexes or are they coming up to attack my city? That's that's the question. Because I'd rather... If they were attacking my city, I'd rather meet them in the city. But if they're attacking one of my kingdom hexes, I'd rather block them from going to whichever one they like and use the advantage of this watchtower. It's a good question. You don't have an answer to it because that requires... Reading Ravini's minds and mind and tactics. Yeah, the thing is, um, I presume a army with siege weapons could destroy a watchtower much more easily than a fortified city. Uh, the way the siege weapons work is basically, I have to dig the army thing up. But it's effectively every turn they deal like X amount of damage to the siege encampment. And and the you know Elteris took a few turns to subdue, whereas the watchtower is like so rotten, yeah, like I think it's like a D four damage. So it's not a it's, it's not a substantial uh, advantage. No, okay, at that point I'm going to see, I'm going to take a chance and see where they go, because the, the difference between fighting them on Watchtower and fighting them on a random fishery hex isn't profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin will, however, send the courier to Lady Jer- uh, to um, Lady Nanea if she's at home to get yep. the fuck out of Dodge. Yep. Cool. Because there's no reason she can't head to a fortified city relatively quickly with her household. And then next day? Uh, yes, next day. So, or rather, your your yep. day, because I've moved my, I've decided to keep my guys where they are. Yep. The Pytax Regiment move up again. Yep. Onto a farm. The trolls remain where they are, and the wyverns start attacking your other farm decks. Yep. And this time, more efficiently, obliterate it. Okay. And then we are back round again. Yep. Um, and the Pytex Regiment are sitting on that farm hex. Yes, they have. Uh, they are somewhere between moving to it, moving through it, etc., etc. They have so got they, 
they could be still coming. Yeah, they have not yet done what the trolls have done and taken their action to squat in it and fortify it. Cool, I will give them one more turn then. Cool. Uh, round we go again. Uh, the Pytaxian regiment moves two up that way, northeast. This way? <coughs> okay. Perfect. And they have destroyed. So I'll put a couple of little X's in pencil. Thank you. Um, there we are. Those are the two they've destroyed. I'm actually come round into the lake beside the brick live. Okay. <coughs> Uh, wait, no. Nope, that hex is entirely lake rather than swamp, so they can't do that because they can't. The wyverns don't like hover yeah. perpetually, they have to fly or land. Yeah. So they cannot stop in a lake hex, they can fly over it, no problem. So if you're around the other way, one, two, three, two, three, four. Yep. And then back to you. Okay. All right. They could be coming for Thornwatch. If they were coming for Alcestris, they'd be there by now. And I don't care where they are going. Yep. Um, that's they're within two hexes of um, Elk's Rest. That, that I can take the armies to them. Cool. They're not going anywhere. They're going. They're getting there. Cool. So uh, you may then proceed to engage them on your terms if you so desire. Yep. That is the that is the plan of advancing the armies onto them. Yep. The Pytax regiment are alone. They do not have another army in support this time. I don't have the defensive bonuses, but they've got siege engines. I was only going to have them for so long. As soon as you get two armies in in the same hex as each other, unless you are both choosing to avoid engagement, there's nothing they can do to prevent you engaging them. Yep. Obviously, if they could do that, they would do it. Yep. Um, Okay, so we go into army combat then. Yes. Do you have siege breakers somewhere in your... Tactics list? Yes, the stag runners have siege breakers. Cool. They have three siege engines. Yes, yeah, so, like, three siege engines will just mow through your watchtower. The watchtower will hold them for exactly one round. Yeah, yeah, well, um, they're not on a watchtower no, hex. Because no. they, um, they're clever maneuvering around me. But yes, I didn't think that would, um... But the thing is, you know, if the uh, for armies that didn't spend a shitload of money building siege weapons, it's a permanent plus two to my ASC as long as we stand there. Yep. So you know, it, it's it's still good. It's just, but it, it's hard to get people to engage you in places where they have where you have a tremendous advantage. It happens sometimes, but it's not something you can rely on. Alright, So. Do it when you are. Uh, yeah, I'm just taking a look at my. Tactics um, in terms of what um, cavalry experts and siege breakers give me. So, siege breakers are when you damage them, 
you then get a second offense check, and if you succeed at that one by any margin, you destroy one of their siege engines. Cool. Um, of which they have three. Yeah, so um, it's going to be more of a long-term project. But yeah, be but the siege engines are expensive to build. Yep. It is a lot easier to destroy them than it is to build them, once yep. you know what you're doing. Uh, cavalry experts give you a plus two offense against armies that aren't mounted, which includes this one. Cool. So um, that means I have 12 and 10 for the offense, and then the stag runners have an extra, I think... Plus one to offense and defense because the Hooves of Thunder are bards. Uh, yeah. They have inspire courage. I believe I have that written down, but it's not on this sheet. So I'm just having. Bardic armies, plus one offense, plus one defense for each Bardic army in the conflict. Cool. But that's to the other yeah, army. Bardic armies them. may not inspire themselves. Yeah. Other Bardic armies may inspire them. Yeah. Yes, there's a reason I always try to get the central bards in the combat, because they make such a profound difference to the other guys. On the other hand, they're not exactly battle turtles. 22 and OM of 13. Cool, and um, I am now prepared to um, roll, roll, Rick, roll for initiative. Cool. So we begin with morale checks and tactics declarations, basically, right? Yep. Regiment's on a 14. Uh, stag Runners are on a 25. Okay. And, uh, and the Hooves of Thunder are on a 14. Okay, so the Hooves declare first. Cool. They missed the need. Um, they are going defensive. Um, the Whatever the first tier. Cautious. Def- yep. Cautious. Plus two, minus two. Yep. Um, the they are. Um, they missed the need. Their um, goal here is to buff. The Pataxian Regiment are also going cautious. Cool. Um, and the stag runners will roll out with neutral. Cool. And then we go into the range, first range phase, because yep. the combat starting. They have a bunch of heavy crossbows. I think you have ranged in there as well. Um, the centaurs do, the stag runners don't. Cool. Because I chose to place the centaurs defensively, they're at a minus two to hit. Correct, as are the Pytaxian regiment. Cool. Alright, so, um, centaurs shoot first, or... Correct. Cool. Um, so, obviously... They hit each other simultaneously. Yeah, and there's one army for them to target, so their targeting options are pretty straightforward. Um, not bad roll. Uh, 20 to hit. Uh, that is... That does not damage them. Fast. Okay. That's their shot. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty. Uh, that's an eleven. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So they cautiously, you cautiously sort of both open fire on each other. Yeah, there's kind of this initial positioning phase where the armies sort of, giant armies move to combat each other. While they're doing so, a whole bunch of people take shots at each other from behind cover and hit the cover. They are shooting at your Siegebreaker army for whatever that's worth. I don't know if its DB is 11, so... No, no, oddly enough, no. Yeah, well, you know. Look at a gaze upon their mighty tool on the dice and despair. Yeah, yeah. Cool, and then we go into... Normal combat. Yep, and we once again roll for initiative, or is that no the range? No, never. We've declared the tactics. The range round is over for the conflict. Cool. Now we're just having normal melee. You go first by virtue of being one the PC. rolling at yeah, a time. Yeah, and, and given that it's all simultaneous, it makes very little difference. Yep. The stag runners take a shot at the hit and do really badly. Uh, Sixteen won't hit. Correct. And then the Kings of Thunder do considerably better. 24. Uh, that will hit and damage them. Cool. Um, the stag runners activate their sniper support. Cool. That's two extra damage. Two extra damage. Because they had a ranged round, they could activate it on the melee or the ranged, yep. but given one hit and the other didn't, it wasn't a super hard tactical decision. They're not the ones with Siege Breaker, are they? They are not. Okay. They, the, your Siege weapons are totally undamaged. Though, um... The stag runners slowly and ponderously moved their yeah. cavalry into the, position and the, were nowhere near the, the siege, siege weapons. The siege weapons, on the other hand, don't do anything to your armies at all. They're Sweet. big clunky towers and things. They yeah. are... Like, he would have things like catapults and that, but they're so slow and clunky, they're largely useless for taking out armies. Yeah, they're for taking cities. Yeah. Which would have been extremely relevant. So if they're not fighting a city, they're just very expensive weights that the army drags around behind them. Yeah. Okay, and then they will... Because the thing is, if they were going to Thornwatch, I'd have had the defensive bonus. I could have moved these two armies up there and had the defensive bonuses, but then they could have ducked around and hit Elk's Rest while I only had one army out. Two. They will roll a 26 versus your Siegebreaker army. Uh, that will hit. Yep. And so, deals whatever the difference is in damage. Yep, so they... Plus uh, their sniper support. Yep. So that's four points of damage plus, plus I believe, two. two. Yep, um, okay, so 44 minus 6, so 38. So the stag runners take a moderate hit. Yep. And then it's tactics declaring. Uh, no. Uh, then we hit the end of the round, and they start retreating. Ah, okay, interesting. Um, they will actively exit away from you, and go two straight down. Okay. So, as they're trying to leave, do yeah. I, I get a shot on... I, C- both my armies get a shot correct. on them. Correct. You might as well move them anyway, because there's very little to know why you're going to kill them. Absolutely. Cool. So, is that to the hot springs hex? Correct. The one just next to Elk's Rest, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, so, they do not rout. They make an orderly retreat back again. Yeah. But as they do so, they basically provoke two attacks of opportunity from you. Cool. So the stag runners take a shot at them and are not having a good dice day and miss flat out. And the Hoots of Thunder... Keep in mind their defense is up from there. Yeah, and the Hoots of Thunder miss as well. Cool. Uh, and there would be a second turn of combat in the day, but as they have disengaged, combat is temporarily over. Yep. And we clock to the next day. Now, um... Given that all our armies were standing there, I presume I can move my armies as well? Quite true, yes. Because uh, otherwise... Um, functionally what happens is they retreat away from you enough that they're in the same hex, but the army combat is over. Yeah. And then 
when the next day comes, they are moving away from you. Because obviously they can't retreat, and then you immediately re-engage them, because it means retreating is pointless. Yes. Ah, right. Uh, When they flee, they move one hex away from you. Okay, so they are in this farm hex? Yes, that's what they gain from their successful retreat, functionally. Yep. And the price they pay is that they get beaten up on the way out. Yes. In this case, they didn't. Um, and I think, on the whole, like if you are going to keep pursuing them, we won't start each combat anew again. No. Just keep it as one running fight. If you're going to do other things, it's a different story altogether. And we clock round to the next day, basically. Let's mm. stay with that one for the moment. Do you either pursue them? Or leave them to their own devices. That, that is the question. Um, or indeed, you know, move your armies back into Elk's Rest. Or um, for the moment, at that point, I move the armies back into Elk's Rest and see what they do. Cool. Uh, if they're going to head back up, then I'm just going to come back up and engage them. They will move too further down again. Okay. And. In the meanwhile, the Wyverns in Fort Draylev do not attack the farm there, they attack the road. Ah. And break it. Yep. Alright. And then next day. At this point, you may give me a kingdom stability check. I make it. Okay. So, your scouts give you... It, it's it's very easy to work out where the big moving armies are and what they're doing, because you can't miss them. Um, what your scouts are giving you here is what the trolls are doing. Um, they are very slowly starting to build fortifications right. in the Keep of Flowers. So, they are hauling up for the long haul. They're not just squatting in there. Yeah. Like, they've got nowhere. They have no extra defense value or anything of the sort at present. But that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and this is troll construction, so when I say building building fortifications, what I mean is they're moving big rocks. So you don't have to act on that at all. You can just leave them sitting there. They're not going to make any progress outside of kingdom scale turns. Mm. Um, but you you understand what they're doing. They have moved in to fortify there in what's presumably sort of like a defensible position that's in your territory or a fort outpost or whatever. I've just got to decide if I want to try and pick the Pytax Regiment off or invite them to come and have a go if they think they're hard enough and try and take one of my cities. Mm. Mm. How many days at rest does it take to heal up hit points? Uh, for an active army that's just sitting on its stuff. One moment, Gola. Uh, Alright, so you automatically go back to full after a kingdom turn. Um, each day you spend at rest, you heal hit points equal to your CR. Cool. So the uh, Then you may attempt loyalty checks to improve that further. No, that's quite alright. Um, as I am a CR8 army, yep. the stag runners are at full. Cool. Um... Because they have one regiment, are not because, because they, they have had to keep moving. Yes. 
Um, and I am going to... Give them one more day. Cool. The wyverns follow your road. Move back up to the next hex of it. Oh, okay. The Pytaxian regiment move two further down. Yep. And the trolls do nothing. Okay. Okay, um, and then this happens. Uh, also, what is blatantly obvious to Helen, um, Irovetti is operating without the knowledge that you have another 200 bill points in your pants at this point. Yeah. You will doubtlessly know by the next turn, but... Um, so the Avenging Bowmen leave Lakeview yep. and move across. Yep. The um, Stag Runners and the Hooves of Thunder move down. Cool. Um, and th- their distance-wise, they are now all adjacent to the Pytax Regiment and the next hex is up. Yep. Um, cool. Heading for a wholly large army combat. Cool. And that's our turn. Well, we on to the next one then. Yes. Okay, the Wyverns. Yep. Wreck your road. Yep. Do we know? Um, the Pytaxian Regiment will move down to, to, to just under Merkvale. Uh, yep. That one, correct. And the trolls remain where they are. Okay. Um. Alright. Um. The, um. Yep. The Avenging Bowmen move into Lakeview. Yep. And the Stag Runners and the Hooves of Thunder move in on the trolls. At which point they engage them. Yep. And battle begins again. Hello. So we've done the white burns. Yep. We have, haven't we? They've flown up the road. Yeah, yep. just wrecked that yep. road. Cool. Okay. And we now begin a different combat. Yes. Different army. And we get tactics then. Um, Although um, my um, my guys are um, the same army, so I don't have to redo their stats. Correct. But you need to, you, you re-get your ranged support and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so morale checks. Uh, trolls. 21. Mm, trolls rarely organised, but only 18. And the Hooves of Thunder, um, again, 14. Okay, so them first, them declaring first. They're fighting defensively. Okay. Big smelly trolls. The trolls are going to fight aggressively. Okay. And the stag runners will go defensively as well. Big Big fierce trolls. Cool. So, both fighting cautious. They still get all their buffs because your trolls are not mounted. Do they have any method of dealing with the trolls regeneration? Do they have the alchemy? Alas, no. Okay, cool. Okay, so we then just. Yep, yeah, no. Go into the rage round. Yes. The trolls hide behind their boulders. And the Hooves of Thunder roll really well. Yep. Um, that's a 27 to shoot trolls. So when I say hide behind their boulders, what I mean is, you know, they have a bunch of boulders set up that they're presently sort of charging around because they're fighting aggressively. Yeah. Uh, so 27. Yep. And the yes. trolls throw themselves into a meat grinder... And the army gets horribly eviscerated by the range round. Sweet. They are not dead, but 
they have lost a significant portion of their capacity. Yep. And it is the melee phase. Correct. Everyone gets a go. Stag runners looking to do better than they did against the Kytax Regiment. Crit. Awesome. Yep. Uh, so, um, that's a... They, uh, they, oh. add, they succeed anyway, even if they don't beat the defense, and they have an extra D4. Okay. Um, however... The, because the trolls' defense has just dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped. Yeah. From their they're fighting aggressively. They they have relentless brutality as a tactic. Yeah. That means they're taking extra penalties for extra offense. Yeah. So regardless of what you roll on the regardless of what you roll on the d4, that's going to kill them flat out. So okay. So the stag runners. You don't need to bother rolling any further. Cool. The stag runners kill the trolls. Yeah. The hooves of thunder attack. I don't know. I, I possibly yes, they fight the trolls. Yeah. They don't crit fumble, so... It doesn't matter, because the trolls will be dead by next round, there's no other... Cool, so the trolls get one big attack on whichever army they desire, they were yep. targeting. So what are they looking at here? Uh, this, the Hooves of Thunder are the little mobile centre army, the Stag Runners are the big, tough, fully healed, yep. Um, yep. So, massive army. So they're going to just wallop into the Hooves of Thunder and yep. And that is certainly going to be some force. Uh, that is 27. Uh, yep, that will certainly hurt. As the trolls charge in relentlessly, yep. flinging their clubs and boulders around. And the centaurs take six points of damage. Wow. 20, 20 dv? Uh, th- no, they've got 19 dv, but they were on cautious. Yep. So, um... Cool. So the trolls rush in, clubs the hell out of them. But I, I, I didn't roll any number lower than a 16 to attack until the trolls were dead. Realise they have completely overextended themselves and then get cut to pieces on the retreat. Yep. They slowly start regenerating and you guys just light a bunch of fires and burn them down. Sweet. The troll army is destroyed. Okay. They remove it from the board. Cool. So I get a bunch of stuff for destroying this troll army? Yes. Uh, shred that token. Yep. Because Irovini now needs to build another one if he wants another one. Yep. Um. So he gets penalised, which is not terribly relevant to you. Um, I don't think we're going to bother rolling for their commanders because you know it's led by troll mob, basically. Yeah. Don't really care if you capture him alive or dead or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um. Uh, and you gain build points equal to its CR, which is five. Cool. That's five. Which will not make up for all the damage the wyverns have done, but it is a result. And one of your armies at random gains a new tactic if they can fit one. Cool. Um, what's the max number of tactics? Is it three? Uh, there is a... So the morale is capped. Um... Tactics equal to half its CR. Okay, so the stag runners have got eight, so they can have four, four tactics. tactics. Um, the of Thunder can have three tactics, so either of them can. Yep, so, so roll a random. Um, so, um... High is the big army. High is the big army. And it is the big army. So they may gain a new tactic of their choice. Do, do, I, do I need to make a loyalty check to see if they gain a new uh, tactic? Yes, you're quite right, sorry. Um, so that's a kingdom loyalty check, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. I did not fail, I didn't roll one. Cool. So, they gain a new tactic. 
Cool. All right, I'm very, I'm very fond of my siege breaking. I'm going to give them hold the line cool. to give them a nice um, defensive option. So if they want to be big, meat, shieldy guys, that gives them a um, yep. very high potential morale bonus. No problem. All right, and that's basically the day because the troll army is dead, so there is no second round of combat. Yep. Um, and then we go back to the next day. The Pythaxian regiment go down another two. Yep. Um, which actually puts them. I think at that point. Did you want me to declare what I was doing before you declared what you were doing? Copsy, oh, copsy. It's um. The main difference is I, as the GM, cannot metagame it because I'm always not metagaming. Yeah. Which is why you go first, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go to Okay, because the reason I ask is because um, the Stag Runners and the um, Avenging Bowmen were going to try and engage the Pytax Regiment. Yeah, but they are all, all the movement happens at the same time. Right, so as so they... So as go... you are pursuing them, they move off. Okay, cool. So, um... My guys do the Hooves of Thunder go back to Lakeview. These guys co- go down to where the Pytax Regiments are. Yep. And the Pytax Regiment leave. Yep. Cool. At which point, um, I believe they have actually just walked into Mimon's territory. Uh, they have indeed. Yep. That does not stop them. Erevedi's army just marches into Mimon's territory. Uh, you know the diplomacy here. Um, they, they, and you, neither of you have a free army passage through Mivon because yep. Mivon doesn't want to encourage heavily armed troops to go through. Free individual movement, Pytaxian spies can come up through here, yeah, and vice versa. Um, however, they just blatantly march through into Mivon's territory. Okay, because um, my question here is, yep. do I? Um, is my like as an ally of Mivon who doesn't have free range to march armies yeah. into Mivon's territory? Yeah, I want to defend, help defend them. Yeah, but I, um, actually, my other question is, what are the Wyverns doing? Um, so okay, so we want to jump back to that one. No, that's oh, a, so that's all the movement resolved then. No, that's all right. Oh, okay, so well, I can't. Mo- I moved all these guys. Yep. I can't even if I wanted to go help Mivon. I can't this yep. turn. So the Wyverns continue up your road. Okay. Um, so they move up to there. Yep. Okay. Um, at which point, um, Fort Drelev defenders are going to start following them. Cool. So they can catch them if they desire. Uh, they can't. They, they can't. don't have a road anymore. Ah, yes. Yes, of course. That was indeed entirely the point. Yeah, but because this is all... No, I can't... Um, yeah, no, that's right. Um, because of what else is happening on the battlefield, the Fort Drelev's guys start moving up and the Wyverns yeah, yeah. Um, continue moving up. And just for the line of logic, basically, if the Wyverns roll down back into Fort Drelev, you can still move your army back in and take advantage of the defensive modifier. The presumption yeah. is you've still left troops there, just not yeah. enough to be an actual army, and they open the gates and let your army back in yeah. and then shut the gates again. Yep. Okay, so... So that was that day. Yep. Then the next one... Yep. Uh, Pytax continue on their way and disappear off the map. And okay. skip through, slightly through move on and start heading back Pytax woods. Okay, alright. At which point I will let the diplomatic repercussions of that be Mivon's concern. And it's what happens with the Wyverns. Yep. 
So... Uh, they will turn uh, and now you've had more than enough um, exposure to see what is happening here it's an army of wyverns as in that makes up the overwhelming majority of it um, they have a couple of clockwork people flying around on them that are presumably the brains behind their tactics um, they turn and start flying over your swamp. Okay. Um, you can pursue them into it, and you may or may not want to, um, but it's difficult terrain for you, because you can't fly, so your movement is lowered, and um, they then have an advantage over you, because they can fly and you can't, so it's harder for you to fight them. All right. Essentially, circumstance modifiers, because the terrain favours them. Yeah. On top of which, the wyverns have the actual army power of flight that says if they're fighting people that can't fly, they get bonuses against them. All right, at which point the Fort Drelev guys will move back to Fort Drelev. Cool. And, um, actually, no, the Fort Drelev guys will move into an adjacent Swamp X. Yeah. And sort of watch where the wyverns are going because if the wyverns are heading out they're going to let them at this point yeah. but if the wyverns are planning to settle down and start assailing more of my hexes then the Fort Dralians Evans are going to fight them swamp or not Yeah. Well, and um, you'll have the same problem if the wyverns then turn around and attack them in the swamp yes yeah that's fine yeah cool and then anyone else moving yes one two three four Cobalt defenders leave Elk's Rest and start heading back up there. Before Trey level on what's left of the road. Yep. And, um... Uh... Yep. Um... The Hoots of Thunder stay put in Merkvale, but the Stag Runners... Um... Go one, two, three, four... We'll head up to Lakeview and start covering a bit, few more of the places. Cool. The wyverns load. And the hooves of thunder are now completely recovered. Cool. As in because they've stopped long enough? Yeah, then it, it only takes a day. They have quite high CR. Wyverns will turn around and engage Fort Dreadlift's army. Cool. Which point we go back to combat again. Yes. Roll tactics. Ten. Uh, and the same for them. What's your morale modifier? Plus one. Sorry, uh, sorry plus zero. Uh, no, plus one, yes. So, plus one? Yes. Okay, your favour then. Cool. Uh, so, they declare first. Yep. Uh, and... 
How many people are they fighting? What can they openly see? Uh, it's a huge army. Okay, they'll stick it standard. Okay, um, these guys want to use their hold the line. Yep. Um, how does that work? So it's a. Pl- I've got the modifiers. Can they just go straight into it because it's a tactic rather than a? Correct. So it's you can use your strategy to do whatever completely independently of that. You can go reckless and hold the line simultaneously. Cool. Um, hold the line merely provides you with a slightly better version of using defensive because you get plus four defense at the cost of minus three offense. Cool. Instead of what would otherwise be plus four minus four. So the um, they will use standard and hold the line. Cool. To give them a um, nice solid um, defensive bonus. Yeah, do they have ranged weapons? The wyverns do not. Neither do they. Cool. We go straight to attacks then. They do have healing potions, if why. It's my first guys that have. Um... All right. So. Uh, they are at any point during the battle as a non uh, any point during the battle but no more than twice per battle instead of having an offense check you heal hit points equal to twice your CR cool it's 14 up to uh, 14 hit points and they're not a one use thing your yeah. army doesn't then run out of them the yeah but, but, but I can only use them twice per round because that's the ones they bought correct so yeah. you're spending rounds healing while they beat on you which may or may not be to your favour yep cool and um, not explicitly listed it, but I think I would probably say at that that you're um, stuck with whatever strategy you're currently interacting at that point. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Precisely so that you can't go defensive and drink your healing potions at the cost of your non-existent offense check. Yep. Fight! So is this the centaur... The, the wyverns have a ranged attack because of their breath weapons? No, they don't have breath weapons. Right, cool. What they have are big poison tails. Cool. It's... it's I know it's a pain to keep track of, but they're not dragons, they're wyverns. And yes. Yeah. A, a meaningful distinction at this point. So... They attack you. Four... Twenty-six. Nasty. So that's their attack round, and I also make my attack Correct. rounds while we're resolving yours first. Okay. Um. All right. So twenty-six. Yep, that's a nice solid hit. Um. So got a plus four to that. So eighteen. Um. So twenty-six. Yep, eight points of damage. Okay. And you hit them back. Yes, with a nice solid roll, which is exactly what I need because I've got a horrible penalty here. Um, so, so 23 to hit them. Uh, that will quite definitely do it. Well, I would certainly hope so because I rolled an 18. So. Yeah, they, they have defensive advantages for flying, yeah. defensive advantages from you guys being stuck in the swamp. Cool, so you're taking into account the swamp thing and I don't need to worry about Correct, it's adding better... Be- because they would suffer the exact same penalties, at which point we'd largely ignore them, but, but they, they can, can fly, fly so the, the yep. swamp is meaningless to them, but meaningful to you. Yeah. Which is exactly why they're fighting. Yeah. Uh, so, 24, did you say? Yep. That will be enough to inconvenience them. Yep. He takes some damage. Cool. 
And it's a new round. Correct. So what has happened here, because it's a thing that is obviously self-evident to you, wyverns swoop down, bite your guys, and sting several, several people with their tails. Uh, Next round, this round, you are going to take poison damage, regardless of whether they hit you again or not, because you have been poisoned and suffer a turn of being poisoned. Okay, understood. Cool. Back round we go. Yep. Round two. Fourteen wyverns. Uh, the um, much lower. Cool. You first then. Yep. So um, my guys are going too cautious. Yep. They will hit for shit, but it will give them a decent sized um, defense bonus. And so will the wyverns. Okay. Right. So I roll attack first, generally speaking. Sure. All right. And that's another good number, but I don't think it's going to be enough at this point. Uh, nineteen. Uh, that will just hit them for very minor damage. Cool. Uh, they have exactly the same again, 26 again. Yep, that was a good call. Alright, um... But now we put an extra black on the, um, defense, so that is, um... Sorry, see that my brain just went dead. Um, okay, so twenty six. These guys have so they take another six points of damage. Yep. Um, all right, so that's twenty four. And then independently then of that, of poison damage. Yep. They take one point of poison damage. Cool. And now they have been poisoned this again. Round. Yep. All right. Um, and they're not yet on half their total thing. Um, half their total hit point, uh, a quarter total hit points, so they need to make them r- round check to avoid routing or whatever. The wyverns? No. So, sorry, no, I mean my guys. Uh, that is the CR or a quarter of their total hit points. Cool. Whatever's, um, yeah, whatever comes first. Alright. Um, the, um, and that was two, two, di- two rounds, yes. So, so we go to the next day. Yep. Okay, so the Kobold Defenders, um, let's see where we end. Uh, I'm trying to work it out because they have the road for half the hex, so I don't know if they would... Half the hex? um, They moved twice their speed on the road. Yep, so So each road hex counts as half half their speed. Yeah, so they've used one and a half movement. At which point you round down to their disadvantage. Okay. Because everything in D&D is round down to disadvantage. Okay, so the Cobalt Defenders are coming down, yep. but it, the Fort Drelevians will need to survive another day with the Wyverns to get help. Yep. Um, at which point... They may choose to retreat if they please. They will suffer poison damage anyway, whether they retreat or not, and yep. the Wyverns get a free shot at them if they leave. Yeah, but... Um, they. But uh, they, they can then retreat behind their ridiculous defensive walls. Yes. Um, it's just a question of do they stay and suck it up and try and catch yeah. the wyverns between the two armies. Yeah, and there there is a flaw in that they can get back inside Fort Drillers walls and then still die from poison if they've yeah. taken sufficient amounts of damage. Alright. Um, it's not, I think, tremendously likely, but it's possible. Alright, um, the Fort Drillers are going to tough it out for one more day. Cool. Okay, then... Round we go. Morale checks. Yep. Um, my guys get four, so it's almost certainly you. Uh, yes, indeed. What a mighty six. Cool. So you first, Chief. I maintain my cautious hold the line tactics. Yep. Uh, 
The wyverns will... No, they are not going to make that royal pick, so... Okay, what are the... the uh, they are flicking back to standard from Cautious. Cool. Alright, and... Um, Having it, worked out that their odds of making a DC-20 morale check are pretty damn poor. So. Yeah. Cool. And it is um, our attack round. Yep. For our turn, we drink our healing potions. Cool. So we go up 14 hit points. Yep. And then down again. Yep. It all happens at the same time, so... Yeah. alright, so that puts us back on 37. We've used one use of our healing potions. And they are going to do even better. Uh, 28. Okay. Uh, so that is... Yep, so that is... Um, yep, 29. Three more points of poison damage. Yep. Clickety-click, round we go again. Yep, so for this round, yep. the Fort Draylevens are going to retreat. Cool. So they remain at Cautious. Yep. Wyverns remain at Standard and get a foot shot at them. Yep. Um, is that how it works? Uh, yeah, so instead of for this round, it's basically at the end of the round, they choose to retreat. Yep. So they endeavour to leave, the Wyverns take a free shot at them. Deal of tw- uh, 25 that time. Okay, so that's another 5 hit points, and they get their poison damage. Uh, yes, because your round is retreating. Take 5 more points of poison. Yep. And, uh, and then they retreat successfully behind the walls of Fort Dreadlive. Yep. At which point, depending on what you're doing, we may or may not stay in army time. Yeah, I think, um, let's see what the Wyverns do next. Cool. Because there is an army coming to meet them on the road. Yeah. So, when the next day comes around... Yep. Um, Fort Dreadlift's army take their last hit of poison damage. Yep. Uh, they take two more points and are no longer poisoned. Cool. Because... Uh, presumably they are not dead. No. Because if they're dead, the Wyverns will change their yep. tactical goals somewhat. However, I don't see any reason why they can't use their second use of healing potions, or is that, that only something they can do in army time? Uh, if that's what they want to do, and forfeit their right to make any offense checks, that's fine. Right, I see. Because okay, if okay. the Wyverns come in and start killing them, they don't get to drink the healing potions and then take another turn. Yeah, okay, no, that's right. They um, they don't drink their healing potions at this time. Yep. Um, okay, so they are going to stay there. Yep. And the kobolds are, for the moment, going to... Um, hang on, the kobolds can't advance that far. The kobolds are going to advance down two, so they're now in the hex adjacent to Fort Draylev. That is not a swamp. Yep. They show no immediate disinclination to move directly into the swamp to convey, like the wyverns. Um, what's the army of kobolds they're looking at? Uh, it's a huge-sized army of kobolds. Okay, so that's not super tempting. Uh so they will uh, book at this point. Okay. Wyverns begin retreating, at which point... I don't stop them. Yeah, you can't meaningfully chase them anyway. No, because that's super fast. Because that's super fast. But in any case, um, it's very difficult to stop a retreating army unless you have armies between them and the goal. Which is working as intended. Yeah. 
So that's the yeah. That's that's not a that's a not a rules error. It's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. The um. So, so combat rages between you and Pytax. They burn down a couple. They rip apart a couple of your farms, and the wyverns destroy your road. Yeah. At the cost of their troll army. Yeah. And then Pytax pulls back into retreat, and we end the army phase. Yeah. And we end Forest's kingdom turn. Yes. So um. Woof. Yes. So. Right over following all that. Yeah. Huh? No problem. So um. The, um, you know, I took, my kingdom took a moderate amount of damage, but I took one of his armies, yeah. and none of my armies went down. Yeah. Fort Dralevians being relatively beaten up, but they did not. Do you want to put your armies in there so we've got all the tokens again? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, if I'm going to do that, I'll make nice ones like you've got. That's, I, that's... Um, among other things, how I'm keeping track of what armies Pytax has left, and yeah. I'll put more in the bag as they build them and things. Oh, oh, among other things, like adding more armies as I go. Yes. Cool. So that is the end of all the war for Forast. Yep. If you have um, questions, comments, concerns about what was happening there, you're welcome to voice them. No, no, I, I have relatively... That, that all seems reasonable. It's, I mean, it's moderately complicated, but it should be moderately complicated. It's multiple armies moving around in tactical engagements. Yeah. And we're back in Kalen time. Yep. So, um, I've got X's on the, um, destroyed things. Yes, those things are now gone. Yep. There's nothing preventing you from rebuilding them. They haven't... In, in theory, given enough time, they could salt the earth and make it hard for you to rebuild, but they haven't remotely had that time. Yep. Uh, so what I'm going to do and whether or not there are would be interested in doing that as a separate question altogether yeah but the the benefits to him for you having less farms and paying more consumption things are kind of obvious yeah yeah he's um mounting spoiling attacks it's um it's nice to see how it works in action if I go on the offense that's the kind of thing I was planning to do to him yeah because basically as you've seen going both ways, it's exceedingly hard to take out somebody else's cities that are well fortified and that's again rules working as intended. It's not supposed to be a matter of we just roll up to pay taxi or mow it down. Cool. Um, Alright, so I add 5 build points to my 285 Yep. and then subtract however long, 7 armies worth of however long this was. Yep. So how long between the wyverns entering the kingdom and the, the, the warning, getting warning yep, that the yep. armies are coming and the wyverns leaving the kingdom. Uh, so that's two weeks worth of army operation for everyone. Cool. So I'm going to call it three weeks because I have to get all the armies back to their respective positions and heal up. Yeah. So. Yep. Cool. So that's. But I take one week off because I pay for their consumption on a normal week anyway, so, so that's two weeks' costs. Cool. Alright, and their consumption cost is um, that consumption stat. Okay, so... Alright, um... So 48. Alright. My minus 48 build points to keep those armies in the field for that period of time. Um, in the immediate response, Mivon makes some diplomatic grumbles towards Pytax and no further, you know, within the first sort of two weeks of this happening. Yeah. If they're sufficiently annoyed with Pytax and want to go to war with them, then I'll greet them with open arms, yeah. but I 
think they would be fools to at this stage. Well, they're certainly not in immediate response lighting up their armies and going and invading Pytax. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Um, they merely sent some strongly worded letters at this point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the uh, Pytax's offence was a bit on the nose, but on the other hand, they would, didn't really... Yeah, well, the the politics, you know, your various people would basically... Your councils would basically suggest to you that Pytax is doing it because they think they can get away with it because Mervon isn't willing to push the point... And it appears that at present they are right. Yeah. Whether that's going to pay off for them as a long-term assumption if they keep trying that kind of stuff is an interesting question, but it doesn't mean they can't get away with it in the short term. Okay, and I have um, noted down that part of the fallout. Um, however, what I should actually now do is um, change my kingdom stats, because um, now... I presume that how this works is that those farms are gone when I start my next kingdom turn? Correct. Cool. So the simple thing is actually to take them off the map entirely and treat them as though they were not there because they aren't, and then I can add them back in again fresh because I may or may not build the same thing for the same places. Yeah, I mean, if you're not... I um, absolutely still have the hexes claimed, however. I just don't have... If you're not happy with how that's working in terms of one thing happens at a time, we can switch around and do the army combat first, and then everything else. No, I'm, I'm content with that as a plan. This seems the least complicated way. Okay, so that's minus two farms. So I drop a point of economy, which means that my consumption, which bear in mind is usually hovering between five and seven, yep. is um, 16. Yep. Because... That's- that's sort of the point of what everybody's doing. It's not so much that your people are going to starve as that's less build points you then have to yeah. spend on armies to kill him. Yeah. yeah. The fact that Mervon's just given me 200 is kind of a relevant point. Also, there is an argument that, like, Mervon are presumably not wanting the fact that they've just given me a shitload of build points in exchange for territory to be interpreted by a, as a hostile act by Ravetti, at which point... They might want to let him march the old army through their territory because, you know, giving me 200 bill points is, for whatever, regardless of what territory I gave them in exchange, could absolutely be interpreted as a hostile act given I'm going to spend them all on warfare. It could be, yes, but there's, there's those layers between it. If they yeah. were providing you with armies, it would be very obvious. Yeah. As it is, what you're essentially doing is a financial transaction. You are selling them land in exchange for cash that you can use to pay for your war, which is not at all unprecedented. Yeah. Alright, particularly considering I um, have a vast quantity of land and uh, a tragic shortage of money. Yeah, th- these water- The thing is, like, it's all very well blowing up my farms, but keeping my armies in motion is actually the principal way this war is costing me. Yes. That's, uh, that's much but, more expensive. But there's only so much that... Um, Irrevity can do with that because he also has to pay his own bills to run his armies around continuously. Presumably, if he could afford to just keep them continuously active and burning down your farm hexes, he'd just do it. Yeah. Alright. And that is, um, that is the Kingdom Turn of Rust. Voice of the editor here. And here we have a recording error, and we've dropped out about the last 10 minutes or so of episode. You haven't missed much. Owing to Quintessa Moray's departure, Kalen shuffles his council around. Christopher Rossi has been put in as the new councillor after the issues with the Order of the Silver Twilight and Vorticai's tomb being destroyed. 
Lord Tyrion the Mesty has been moved from his position of counsellor to the position of treasurer instead. And for once, we closed out this session without any drama or dun-dun-dun.